This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network, head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the Shit Show 2.0. Okay, Boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs> Is going on and welcome to take on the world with man the myth the legend himself the night prowler and nathan blaze and mike d uh we just taped the show where we just bullshit and talked about wrestling for <laughs> good hour yeah probably could have went a whole lot longer <laughs> i'll tell you what if love bug was here we would have went three hours oh easily because uh, when we start telling stories it just goes goes and goes and goes I mean, even, even as we were talking, I was just like, you know, one thing, it was like, I start thinking of this, this I, story. Oh, I got this story, too. This story. this story. But then you went here, and now I'm thinking about this story. I'm yeah. like, uh, Not enough time in the day. Yeah. But that's what the podcast is about. Like When we started this, me and John and Katie, it'd be what we sit down and talk about at lunchtime. Well, you sit around and talk about the water cooler, talk around the water cooler. Yeah. The, the stupid shit, stupid conversations you would have. And your information might, might not be right. <laughs> Man, you had a fun time talking about it. Yeah. And that would break up our day at work. Like, you get 30, 35, 40 minutes, sneak an hour out of it maybe sometimes at work, and, you know, you just bullshit and talk about stupid stuff. That doesn't change anybody's life. Like, this podcast, the only thing, two things that are off limits are politics and religion. Because people are too polarized by those two topics. Sure. And that's not what we're about. Uh, and I don't want it to slap somebody. And it, so. does, it doesn't have to be in everything. You know, it's right. like, I mean, people want breaks from stuff. That's why I hate when they put it in like movies. I stopped watching the news because of that. Oh, like, me too. Legit. I just don't want to watch the news. I watch local news because that's usually politics free. But anytime the news starts getting po- political, I just shut the fuck off. I'm just done. I'm just tired of it. I don't care if you vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I don't give a shit. Keep it to yourself. I want to talk about stupid shit. <laughs> so, um, uh, housekeeping. We are on the Deluxe Edition Network. Uh, it's a group of podcasts get together. Everybody tries to promote everybody else. Everybody does something a little bit different. Um, and uh, that's the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Uh, stop there. Check out all the podcasts around there. And when you're done listening to all the other podcasts, come back to this one. Always this is our back. 81st episode. Which I'm impressed that we made it past ten. <laughs> um, to to be at eighty one, yeah, and that doesn't even count our beer reviews. We do beer reviews and knife reviews doesn't count. Uh, one of our knife reviews has more hits than any other uh, video we put up on YouTube. We did the K five five K, which is a knife that I really love. Yeah, uh, it was a German made uh, trench knife, uh, basically press made, mm-hmm. just pressed metal. But it's a cool little knife. It's sharp as hell, and it's solid. And we, my my buddy turned my buddy John turned me on to that knife. He actually gave me one because he has like multiples. <laughs> and I carry that knife with me everywhere. But that that review has more hits on YouTube and on Spotify than anything else we've done. Did you ever watch uh, Forge and Fire? Oh yeah. Oh, 
Oh, all yeah. the time. I actually, uh, I watch Alex Steele on, on, uh, YouTube, which is, he's a British guy, does, uh, blacksmithing and forging. Uh, he decided not to do Forge and Fire because of the amount of time it would have taken to do the show. He said it would have just taken too much of his time and he just wants to do his craft. Yeah. So you, I, I would think there's probably other people that don't do that show for the same reason. And I think the show's missing out on some very talented, uh, blacksmiths by making it so intense to be on it. Yeah. But well, that's besides the point. So, See us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm going to link them all below. Uh, do all the algorithm stuff. Press buttons, ring bells, whatever. Hit likes. Hit likes. Repeatedly. And if you're listening on Spotify, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify. And if you don't like us, give us a five-star you suck. I'm okay with that. And I am going to kill this freaking fly. At some point, there's going to be a loud noise. Uh, anyway. Uh, so we got together to do a movie review today, and uh, I, I checked out. Uh, and we've been friends on Facebook for a while. We've been we've known each other for shit, two thousand one. Yep. Um, so that's a long time, nineteen years, uh, twenty years, whatever. I can't count. Math is hard. Um, but recently, I saw that you do movie reviews, and I got kind of excited because. I have always been a cinephile. I have always been someone, and, and he'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Like, I love TV and movies. I, I always have. Um, going back to one of the first scary movies I ever saw, which is the movie Magic, which most people never heard of. Uh, it was a mannequin dummy, and it scared the shit out of me. I wasn't allowed <laughs> to watch it, and I snuck down and watched it in the middle of the night when everybody was passed out drunk, and I had nightmares for fucking weeks. In fact, the heart song, Magic Man, mm -hmm. it makes me uncomfortable when it comes on the radio. Really? But I love horror movies. I've, I've seen the most disgusting, gory horror movies, and that one still, for some reason, is in my psyche, and that's what a horror movie should do. Well, I, I grew up loving horror movies. Here's the problem I have today. I've seen it. I've yeah. seen everything that's out there, and it's just like, it's, so if you're not putting out something that's good and not painfully obvious... That's what ruins horror movies for me today. So when you get some good ones here and there, like The Conjuring, they, they were great horror movies. The best horror, horror movies don't show the kills. Yeah. I feel. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first one. It, it wasn't super gory until a certain point. Yeah. But it left a lot to the imagination. Psycho left a lot to the imagination. Although Psycho would be more of a suspense film than a, yeah. a horror film. That could be argued by someone else. <laughs> uh, it's still horror to me. Um, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, like great one, man. Like there's some great, and like I said, I'm a cinephile, and especially with horror movies. So now, in the past, our show has done some uh, yeah, movie stuff. We've we've touched on our favorite horror movies, our favorite horror movie villains, uh, and stuff like that. And, and can't that, do horror. He's I'm I'm a wuss. He's not a huge fan of horror movies, but I'm getting them into some of. Predator could be considered horror, but it's not. It's action. Yeah. But I got him into the Predator movies to talk about the topic we were here today. I saw that you put a review up that you saw Prey. Yes. And that was on Prowler's Pit on Facebook. I'm going to link it below. Um, and immediately as soon as I saw it, I commented on it. Yep. And you commented back. And 
like you were asking about the Easter eggs, and I'm like, I'm not going to spoil anything. But for the record, if you have not seen Prey, turn this off now. Yeah. Because we are going to spoil the shit out of Prey. We're going to spo- I'm going to spoil the shit out of Prey, Predator, Predator Two, uh, Predators, and a little bit of ADP. Not too much. I have to cry about those. I haven't, we haven't. I haven't wa- he hasn't watched yet. them yet. So, I, um, I have always looked at movies and judged them by the time they were made. So, if it's a 1980s movie, I judge it on a 1980s scale. I don't judge it on a 2022 scale. Oh, with no, CGI you, and I am. I'm, I'm a huge fan of practical effects, mm-hmm. um, which you have a lot in this movie. There, there are some. CGI effects that has to be for yeah, what it is. Predator. But there's a lot of practical effects in this movie. I love them. Um, anyway, so I saw your review and I'm like, hey, dude, we haven't seen each other for a while. Let's get together, chit-chat a little bit, do a movie review. I don't normally do reviews, but let's do it. I do one or two here. Hey, you do them all the time. <laughs> I, 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 I've been seeing them for a while. I've seen Prowler's Pit for ever since you invited me to join the, the group. I, I joined it. I'm like, oh, I love this. You know, because I'm a movie guy. But, um, so we, we just got done talking for an hour and a half about wrestling and, and our history and, and all kinds of shit. We, we meandered, and I'll tell you what, it didn't seem like an hour and a half to me. Oh, it definitely did. When I looked, when I looked down at the time, I'm like, oh shit, we've been here an hour and a half, bro. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting here quiet for most of it because I don't know too much about wrestling. I went to some of his shows growing up, so I know. So I was sitting quiet for most of it, but it didn't feel like an hour and a half to me either. No, because like, I, I like talking about stuff that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do the podcast sometimes. We do topics that I'm doing a lot of reading. Uh, like I enjoy the topic, but yeah. like wrestling, I'm passionate about. Horror oh, movies, I'm passionate about. We did another hour and a half. Easy. And, and like I said, stories to tell. Like I said, if Love Bug was here. It would have been a lot longer. Now, you drove a good amount of distance. How long did you drive to get down here? Oh, it's not not that far for me, not especially since we've been wrestling. I mean, that's just like when we used to, uh, when I used to train in Allentown. A little shorter. It took me roughly about an hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. That's still a good amount of time to, to sit down in someone's basement you haven't seen for 15 years. That's a small price to pay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you came down. I, I appreciate it. Um, and, first segment was blessed. And you're welcome back anytime. Uh, if, if, you you hear because now you're going to listen to the podcast obviously uh, if you hear a topic coming up that you're interested in and you, you want to throw your two cents in if you can't make it down we'll see if we can do something remotely mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it yet like I used to be super techie yeah and I still like techie stuff I'm just not techie actually Casey is techie he can he does interviews all the time remotely oh you need I need I need an IT guy. An IT guy, I hear. I need an IT guy with two hands. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's just me. That was mean. <laughs> that was a shot. Shots across the bow. It's a shoot. It's a shoot. <laughs> so, um, so if you if you do you see something you're interested in coming down again, or or even if like a couple months from now you just want to come and sit down and talk about another movie, let's do it, bro. Oh, absolutely. Man. Like I I say, let's keep in touch because, um. I, I miss all the guys. I kept in touch with everybody for a long time, and I still see D-Man every once in a while. Uh, I, I was seeing uh, Sebastian McCool for a long time, but like, 
I, I don't see him that much. I've only talked to him a couple times in the last year. Uh, Love Bug, like every once in a while we'll get together for breakfast, but we used to talk every morning. We don't anymore. So, like, I, I don't want those friendships to fall away. Yeah. Um, so. Well, it, well, for me, it seems like, I mean, me and you have been friends for a little bit on Facebook. Yeah. But it's, I think people must have seen us talking because the next thing Bob friend requested me, I was like, oh, cool. You know, there's, there's Love Bug. You know, then uh, Mongoose uh, requested me, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. You know, me and John have always been Facebook friends. Yeah. And, you know, but he's not on boy. Facebook much. No. He doesn't post he's, much. He's got now, I haven't talked to John in a long time. Uh, the last couple of things that uh, Snake has had, uh, or D-Man, uh, I haven't seen John there, but Adam Tude has been there. Love Bug's been there. Mongoose showed up. Um, forget who else is there, but, you know, we had a kind of good time hanging out in his backyard, usually around 4th of July-ish. Um, but, uh, I, I, maybe, maybe in spring next year, I try to put something, I got enough property here, we could get something together here and at least get everybody to come up and hang out, have yeah, some burgers. That'd be awesome. I'll make some barbecue. I'll make you, I'll make you some more gotta barbecue. Make, gotta make some more of those ribs. <laughs> uh, I'll do, a. Maybe a brisket and a pork shoulder. Oh. And ribs. <laughs> and, and ribs. <laughs> and ribs. <laughs> so um, uh, we're going to link Prowler's Pet. And what else? You have something on YouTube too, right? Uh, yeah, it's under Charles Leg. Okay. It's just miscellaneous YouTube. I'm trying to build up a base, you know, uh, mainly for future because at some point Prowler's Pit will be going uh, uh, to a video podcast. Yeah. I just got to get my stuff together. Making sure my videos are looking at my camera. <laughs> I thought you were looking to see if the fly landed on the lens. Um, yeah, we decided to do video right away. Uh, like, we don't get a whole lot of interaction on YouTube. We get more interaction on, like, because we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, yeah. we're on uh, iHeartRadio, we're on Spreaker, we're on Castbox. Like, almost any place you can get a podcast, we're there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what if there's a name to where I have. Uh, I have a Android uh, One Plus Eight Pro phone, and it's just a bunch of squiggly lines that says, uh, "You know, I our pods podcast." Well, if you go on, if you have Spotify, the the app, if you go on, you can watch our video too. We were one of the first uh, podcasts on Spotify to have video up. I do have Spotify because uh, I've been working on an album. So I'm, I'm roughly my third song in. So eventually it's all that's going to be on Spotify. Yeah, that, that's some cool shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's bored. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I was bored, so I just made an album. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, all the songs are mine. There's no covers. I wrote everything. So, and I got, I got, like I mentioned uh, in the last podcast, uh, I have a lot of friends that are musicians. So they have tons of bands. So I'm not short of guitarists, bass players, and everything. So I got all that at my disposal. Well, if you ever need a top quality singer, I, I'm a good singer. That's my job. I, I, <laughs> the thing, here's how good I sing. When I sing on this podcast, we get a copyright strike. Not really. <laughs> I actually, for my one friend's band who sung an original, I got a copyright strike. Really? Yeah. I was like, uh, I sent them the letter. They took it down. I was like, this is an original from this band. 
cocksuckers. Fuck you, YouTube. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're here today to talk about the movie Prey, which is a Predator prequel. So uh, now everybody who has listened to the podcast before knows I'm kind of a copious researcher. No, no, so, you don't no. research anything. I want to before before we get into talking about the movie itself, I'd like to talk about some of the background from the movie. I, and I'm not talking about the the, the sequels. Mar Marshall no notes the serial numbers on the props. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, on the Predator head prop, the serial number is no. I'm just kidding. Uh, so the director is a Pennsylvania guy. So uh, from Philly, his name is I'm gonna. I'm gonna butcher. I butcher names, dude. Trackenberg, Trachtenberg, Trachtenberg, Dan Trachtenberg, Trachtenberg. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll he, go with he that. Also, yeah, close he, he also directed uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which was the Cloverfield sequel. I don't know if you saw Cloverfield. No, I I seen. I have a funny story friend. about Cloverfield. That's the one with uh, uh, where they're in uh, the bomb shelter, right? It was, it was, a lot of it was taped in the found footage, uh, uh, style where someone's carrying a camera, found footage. Oh, that's the original. Cloverfield. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's how the original was taped. I don't know. I'd never saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Uh, the, the funny story about Cloverfield is me and my daughter, who also is a movie buff, uh, the one day I'm, Hey, you want to watch a movie? She goes, sure. What do you want to watch? I said, why well, I got Cloverfield here. And she goes, well, what kind of movie is it? I said, I don't know. I think it's a spy thriller. Yeah. Not a spy thriller. <laughs> Definitely not a spy thriller. Uh, so every movie that we'd watch after that, she goes, well, what kind of movie is this? It's a spy thriller. Did you watch Paradox? Cloverfield Paradox? No. I didn't. The only Cloverfield I watched was the original. It's. I'm not going to say it's any kind of blockbuster. I mean, still, to me, the first original Cloverfield was the best Was it one. better than 10 Cloverfield Lane? Because I heard a lot of bad stuff about 10 Cloverfield Lane. What is it? Uh, I, 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 okay, we, we just talked about this and we'll talk about it again. Movie critics. Um, like when I do these beer reviews of all these beers that we've reviewed, I'm giving you my opinion. I'm not telling you not to go drink this beer except for this one right here. Do not drink this beer. <laughs> the rest of these, there's some in here I didn't like, there's some in here that I like. Um, it's my opinion. Like, I'm not going to have the same taste as you. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have the same taste as me. Same thing with movies. I hate, no offense, movie critics. The the, the big well, name. Come on, I'm critics. leaving. That's it. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm, I'm, I didn't come here to get insulted. <laughs> uh, no, the, like Rotten Tomatoes. Like, a lot of some, times, sometimes we'll get a, a shitty Rotten Tomatoes score. We just talked about this. And it's a, I enjoyed the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to put this out there. And if you judge me for it, fuck everybody. I liked Waterworld. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Uh, Post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember not liking it. I enjoyed the movie. People should I liked when movie. he swam underwater and yeah. the whole city was down there. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that movie. I looked at it for what it was. It was yeah. supposed to be entertaining. It's not supposed to be real. I also liked the movie he did about the U.S. Mail Service. Post-apocalyptic. The Postman. Could it be possible I didn't see it? Which is actually Waterworld on land. 
It's the same movie. Yeah. It, it's not very original. The writing might not be the best. I enjoyed the movie. The water dried up. I enjoyed the movie for what it was. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic. I in, that That's a genre that I really like. Yeah, well, I always liked those. Like, uh... The original Mad Max. Like People thought it was a slow movie. I love that movie. I'm yet to see it. <gasps> I just got disowned. You are not my son. Yeah, probably should have kept my mouth shut there. But here's the thing. I like when he says, I didn't see that. Because he said, I didn't see Predator. I'm like, dude, the original Predator is the ultimate guy movie. It may not be a greatly written movie. There may be inaccuracies in it. But it is the ultimate guy movie. Guns, explosions, action, cheap high fives with big muscles. <laughs> but well, that's what the 80s were all about. There's a lot of backstory to that movie that people don't know, which I find interesting. But when I watched that movie originally, I'm like, this fucking movie's awesome. And. I watch it now, and I still this fucking movie's awesome. <laughs> That's exactly what his reaction was when I sat down and watched it with him. Uh, now, now it's nostalgic, and I appreciate the movie. Yeah, originally it was just I appreciated it, like I it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and you know what? A, pe- a lot of people my age have this problem where they're so used to the the new standard of new movies, big CGI, that ninety percent CGI movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not Avatar? like that. Like I, I'm not downing Avatar. Oh like no, Avatar. but <laughs> I'm not downing the movie. But it's 90% CGI. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I'm not saying I don't enjoy big CGI movies. Like I do. I'll I'll admit I do. But I'm also not saying that I don't enjoy the practical effect movies either. Love practical. Because I'm like him. I look at a movie based on when it came out. Yeah. It's so much harder to do a practical effect. To, to make it look good yeah. than it is to do a CGI. That CGI is a lot of work to do. I'm not taking anything away from anybody who does CGI and special effects. I, I appreciate what they do, but to do a practical effect and make it look like it was CGI, that to me is an art. And it's a, it, it, it's a dying art. Well, that's just like uh, yesterday I went and saw an independent film. It has, uh, has their boy Gene Snitsky in it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He plays a great psychopath. Local boy. He's a local, <laughs> local boy. boy. And, uh, you know, it's an independent film. So they don't have the budget at all that CGI. Well, pop, stuff. pop the name. What's the name? It's uh, The Beast Comes at Midnight. The Beast Comes at Midnight. All right. Well, what kind of movie it is? Give me a little breakdown of that quick. It's it's a horror movie, but it's still a good amount of comedy in it. So it's it's kind of a mixture of the two. A horror com. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> a horror com. It, it's a really a tribute <laughs> to the, like the old classic type. Horror movies. I love them. And, and it, I love B-movies, too. I found myself laughing a lot in this movie. It was, and it's it's sarcasm humor. Like, just sarcasm remarks here and there. And it's just like, it just got me. I mean, that's just the kind of guy that I am. And you were there to do a review of that? or Yeah, I was, I was invited by uh, Ed McKeever. He's, uh, he, he's one of the writers for the movie. Sweet. He had me come up and uh, tell me what I think. And no full disclosure, I, I've known Ed for a long time, uh, and I'm like, please don't suck. Please don't. I don't want to tell you your movie sucks. I, you know, it's like, because it's a friend, and it, I sat there, I was pleasantly surprised. I sat there, and uh, just the chemistry between uh, the, the main characters worked out real good. Uh, it had a good story to it. I mean, if you haven't seen it, and you get the chance, 
I mean, I know it's a because it's an independent. It's not going to be in theaters everywhere. But if you could see it, definitely. You know, well, if it's streaming anywhere, because uh, I'll watch it. I, I'll watch yeah. anything. Yeah, I watch. Will. I'm sure at some point I watched that horror opera because the first one, the Repo Man. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what? Uh, what was it called? It might have been. Uh, was Sylvester Stallone? No, 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 no. It was. Um, actually, the guy who just died, the from the. Uh, the, the mobster guy who just died. Oh, he—he's a classically trained opera singer. Really? And he did this movie. He was the evil uh, corporate overlord. Uh, what the hell was the name? The the, the podcast I listened to, Barrel Edge Flicks. They did the movie, and they're talking about this, and I'm like, I can't believe I've never seen this movie. And I went back and I watched this movie. I'm like, I can't believe I just watched that movie. Um, it was not horrible, but it was not great. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the freaking name of it. Mm. Anyway, uh, but if it's streaming someplace, let me know. I'll watch it. Oh yeah, I'll definitely uh see if I can get a link or something so that see what he's gonna do. I mean, his first movie was a. Uh, I'll pay to watch it. I'll, I'll throw my money that 100 way. Hundred Acres he of uh, Hell. This one and uh. And I know Snitsky was in that yeah, one too. Yeah, he was the main character in that one. And uh. Yeah, he's he's really putting his you know best effort forward, and he's putting out some pretty good stuff. And you got to remember, it's an independent film. Yeah. So they don't have a hundred million dollars to you know to make everything happen. And some of the visuals on this movie are just beautiful. So, so movies, and I I love to know what the budget of a movie is before I watch it. I watched Twenty Eight Days Later, and I, I was like, this movie is. I expected so much more. Yeah. And then I realized the budget for that movie was like $2 million. And that was it. And I'm like, let's go back and watch it again. And knowing that it was $2 million, I appreciated the movie much more. Sure. Because they did a lot with $2 million. Or whatever whatever the budget was. Yeah. I don't want to be held to a number because I could be wrong. But uh, it was a lower budget movie. It was considered a B movie. And it is a good zombie movie. Well, some people can put out good movies on, on very low budget. Look oh, at Kevin yeah. Smith with uh, the first Clark's movie. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Now, I'm not a fan, but it's not a bad movie. No. Like, that's not my my jam, but... I'm not even supposed to be here today. If it's on, I watch it. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Office, The Office. Or Office Space. The, the, the original Office Space movie put any more boxes in my office I'm going to quit movie? No, 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 no. Uh, that's my stapler. Uh, uh, they, they moved the guy to the base because I take my stapler. You can't take my stapler from me. They, what was the name of it? I think, I think office we're talking space. about the same movie. Office space. I think we're talking about the same movie. Where, where the guy comes in, he just doesn't give a fuck and they promote him. Oh, maybe not. Keep talking. But <laughs> talk about the movie. I'm going to look it up quick. But, yeah, if you... uh get a chance definitely get out and ch- uh, check it out the beast comes at midnight and uh it, it really does i mean it, it takes place or filmed i should say down in uh by near tampa florida so it shows a lot of good visuals uh you know That's basically, the movie. basically the story uh you got a young boy and a young girl and they're kind of into it he doesn't quite realize that the girl's into him, but then they go and 
now they got to take on this werewolf that's killing everybody, but it's not an ordinary werewolf. Like, you know, because all werewolves come and, uh, you know, as soon as, as, soon as the, they got a full moon, they'll change. This one, the way they, they presented it is he changes well before the full moon, but at the full moon is when he's at his strongest. Okay. That's that's a cool take on that. It, it, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised watching it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So so Ed, if you're if you're uh if you're listening to this and hopefully you are, you did a great job, man. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh like I said, thank God because I'd hate to have to give a bad review. <laughs> I love indie movies. I love them. I, I do. I like some of them are some of the best movies. Oh, yeah. Office Space. That's the staple guy. Jennifer Anderson's in it. She worked at the. Uh, what the hell was the name of the place? It wasn't Shenanigans, but something like that. This dude was in it. He was the main guy. That's really old. Nineteen ninety nine. The guy in the office too. No, not the same guy. See, the main guy and these two guys are disgruntled workers at this place. Yeah. And they come up with a plan to skim a penny off of every transaction and put it in a bank account. I've seen this. I know what yeah. you're talking about. And the funny thing is, like, my wife doesn't like these kind of movies. She, she, she just does not like them. And the one day I, w- I was in the living room, I took a nap. I was falling. I'm old and fall asleep. I wake up. She's watching The Office. And she's laughing. I'm like, how the fuck are you laughing at this? You don't like these kind of movies. Like, I like this movie. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, I've watched so many movies. I, I think I've seen it. But, I mean, either it was so long ago. But I think the, <laughs> the, the show, The Office, was loosely based on Office Space. It's just the, 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 the drudgery of working in a cubicle. It's the, fun- t- it's the TPS fun- report. It's funny, though. though. You, you never heard the, 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 the meme about uh, the TPS report? Uh, it's not ringing no bells at the moment. Jesus. You got to watch that movie, dude. <laughs> I think you'll laugh your ass off on that. Anyway. Yeah, I think the, the or I don't think, I know it's funny that the, the building that they always show, like in the office, that's down at Scranton, there's never been a paper bill. That's right, you're from Scranton. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always been a medical building. On top of a parking lot. The, like that parking lot they show in the movie, that, that's not even in school. <laughs> so, back to Prey. Great. Uh, Is that too soon? Too soon, <laughs> dude! Okay, let's wrap it up. We took on Prey, you go take on the world. Uh, so, yeah. So, I got him to watch it with me. So, the director did 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's where he stopped. Uh, the, he did episodes of Black Mirror, The Boys, in 2019. The Lost Symbol in 2021 and the short films Portal No Escape, uh, More Than You Could Chew, and Warframe. Uh, the original working title for this movie was Skulls because they didn't want to give away the fact that it was a Predator sequel. Yeah. So uh, starring in this movie was Amber Midthunder as Naru. Uh, I don't know who Muhammad Albaj was. Because I didn't find it. I think he was... Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Dakota Beaver was was Tabe. Uh, Michelle Thrust was the mom. 
uh, Stormy Kip was was Sappy. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I heard his name pronounced in the movie. What's Sappy? Oh, I'm pretty was. sure. What's oh. Or was that? Or... He was the guy with the rooster head. Dress. Uh, if they did, it was just brief. Yeah. Uh, Julian Black Antelope was Chief Kehetu, which I they don't think they'd mentioned his name. And uh, Dane L'Allegro uh, played the Predator. So Mid-Thunder is part Nakoda Indian, which is from a tribe up in that area, although she lives in Arizona or New Mexico now. Uh, her father was actually on um, uh, the show Longmire, and she did a small part on Longmire. Uh, so Amber's 25 years old. Now, she looks like she's 15 in, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At one 17, point, 18, she didn't want to be an actor. Coming of age yeah. type. Yeah, that's, what I, that's how I viewed her. There's a whole coming of age thing for her, the whole yeah. movie. Uh, but she's 25 years old in real life. Which I would have never guessed. But if you see her pictures without the uh, Native American garb, yeah, uh, you could see she's older than she was portrayed in the movie. Uh, at one point, she didn't want to be an actor. She didn't want to follow her. Her, her mother was a screenplay writer. Uh, she didn't want to be an actor. She wanted to be an, a pro MMA fighter. Really? Which I respect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course you do. Uh, Prey is her first starring role. Uh, she's had roles in movies since 2001, and I'm focusing on her because she was the main character mm-hmm. in the movie, and I appreciated her as the main character. Oh yeah, I, think I, she I really did, did. An excellent job. Uh, they all did the, the writing job. and the acting by her. Mm-hmm. I thought was was really good. I, oh, I liked it. And uh, she's a lethal winner next. Yes, <laughs> yes, she oh, is. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get to that in part of the questioning I have for you as a, as a film critic. Uh, she's got 25 films to her credit, including two Liam Neeson films. So she was in The Marksman. She played a gas station clerk. And on uh, The Ice Road, she played Tantu. And I think that was a more prevalent role in, in the, the film. Ice Road. That sounds familiar. I didn't. Well, Ice Road Truckers. <laughs> well, it, it had a similar. I have not seen either one of those movies, even though both of them are on services that I get. I, I haven't watched them yet. I've seen both of them. They're both, uh, you know, I don't remember what the scores were, and it's hard to, to you know, be precise I, on it. But I, I remember I, I, I might have seen the Marks. I might have seen the Marks, but I, I, I know I didn't see the Ice Brothers. So, she has seven TV credits, including Longmire, in which her her father David Mid Thunder uh, had a role. She was in Legion. She was in Roswell, New Mexico. I think that was a reoccurring role for her. And she did a voice role in Long Gone Gulch, which is an animated thing. I saw that. I didn't think that got picked up. I thought it was just a pilot. I could be wrong. Well, it, it was, whatever she had, she had a voice thing in the pilot. That's cool. Um, when they were filming this film, there were so many indigenous people and First Nation people working on the film. Uh, and they were filming on indigenous lands mm-hmm. in Canada. Uh, they had two pipe carriers, car- carriers and two smudge people come to do a ceremony on the set. Uh, the pipe ceremony was conducted outside Calgary by local indigenous leaders and attended by Mid Thunder and her co-stars Beaver and Kip, uh, as well as Myers, Trechenberg, and others. Which I thought yeah. was cool. Yeah, me too. Like, 
paint like I didn't know that, but <laughs> uh when they filmed this, I think they filmed it in a way that really captured the beauty of the land. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um and I think because they're they're indigenous and, and Native Americans, whatever anybody calls them. If you're offended by me saying Indians, fuck you. Um I think because they respected that the way I just didn't uh I, I think I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that they respected the uh, traditions yeah. of the indigenous culture. I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody, really. Um, part Cherokee and Indians, though. Very, 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 very small part. My Well, if I offended you, <laughs> I am sorry. I'm offended and I'm leaving. Bye. I need a safe space. I think too many people are offended by things that aren't meant to be offensive. Yeah. We did a whole show on that. You need to lock them in the room and make them watch uh, Andrew Dice Clay for like, yes. you know, yes. three months. Just t- <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> Jesus. They're either coming out stronger or, <laughs> or in a ball. <laughs> so the movie was set 300 years ago in 1719 uh, in the Comanche Nation. So they were supposed to be Comanche, but they filmed it on uh what was her, her tribe uh she's native Naratu what, what, what was her I know I had it here oh Nakota they they filmed this on native Nakota land so they don't call it a reservation in Canada because that's offensive. Yeah. But basically, they filmed it on Nakota Rest. Um, most of it, not all of it, but that 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 was the location filming. Um. So the the only other thing I wanted to bring up about the cast, it's dog. Oh, the puppy. So the idea of giving her a dog was inspired by Mad Max too. Really? Yes. So the dog was. They call it a Carolina dog, also known as a yellow dog or American dingo or a Dixie dingo. The dog's name was Coco. It was adopted and trained specifically for the film. Now, they didn't, they had no plans of having the dog as much in the film as it was, but it had trained so well and become so connected to the actors. Mm-hmm. Like they said, let's just keep putting it in because people are going to love this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. So. The basis was Naru wanted to prove herself as a hunter because nobody in the tribe thought she could do it. Yep. That, that was the premise of the film. Uh, filmed on location in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Canada. Canica. 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 At Raffer Six Ranch and Stony Nakota First Nation. Um, shooting was supposed to begin in May of 2021. It was delayed for a month. They wrapped in September, so it was like four months of shooting. Which I think four months of shooting for this film is is freaking amazing. Oh yeah, I was about to say that sounds short. Like that's very that that's not many many takes. No, you're sitting there, you're you're hitting it almost probably every almost every time. Yeah, well, they filmed this entirely outdoors and used all natural light whenever they could. Mm -hmm. Uh, They I think something I read said that there was a a sweet spot which was right after sunrise and right before sunset where they were getting the best light and that's when they did most of their filming. Nice. Now, this is the stuff that interests me. This, <laughs> this, this, is, this is the minutiae that has to go through my head. 
the film was get was shot to give imagery to pure nature and give the ultimate respect to the natural landscape, which I think they they, they did. They even even sure. in the scenes where it's supposed to be like ugly nature, like in the mud pit, it was beautiful. It was yeah. beautiful. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. So uh, now now we could get into the movie. <laughs> now that I did a little background, I I, I got. I got my nut off, so. <laughs> uh, John will tell you that I am obsessive about researching things. I want to know more than just what I saw and what I felt and what I, what I experienced. I want to know why. I want to know anything to happen. Like, like if you look at Predator 1, mm-hmm. uh, some of the stuff that happened while they were filming it is just as interesting to me as the film. So we'll go on about it. I, I'll talk about that at the end. Do you know who played Predator in Predator One? <laughs> at least a portion. I don't know his name off the top of my head. I do know, but I don't know off the top of my head. John Claude Van Damme. Oh, that's true. He did. It was. It was actually it was for one scene. He he played Predator for one scene, and it was almost cut out. But that's the kind of minutia that I liked it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know it was almost cut out. It was almost cut out, but he did it for one scene, and it was a non-credited role, and it was actually disputed for a long time, whether it was actually him or not. And there was someone else in that film, man, I wish I could remember, that was not credited, and for a long time they said, uh, I'm not sure if it was him or not, and it, it came out that it was. And I can't remember who it was, so I just said that all for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd keep saying it would come out, but yeah, like something would trigger another memory, and yeah, like oh yeah. So let me get your first impressions of the plot of the movie. I thought the plot was solid. I mean, you you start off with, with uh with a young girl, like I said, uh, she's like coming of age, and it's it's back in you know this not prehistoric time, but a good time in the past where it's. Everybody had their role. Yeah. Women are going to be healers. In there. They're going to be cooks. They're going to be, you know, uh, make all the clothes and everything. Everybody's got a role. No one's less. No one's higher. But, you know, then you got the males that are going to go out and do the hunting. They're going to, you know, risk their lives and stuff. And here was a, a time which this is, everybody should get behind this. You know, especially all those people that are out there that are always want it, saying, you know, there's not enough female heroes. This is a female hero, and, and I, she does an amazing job. And one of the things I, I think they did with this film, with the female hero, for the female main character, is they didn't they didn't have to force it. Yes, yeah. I was about to say, like so many movies nowadays, it's oh yeah, they're they're the hero. They do the hero thing and win the day. And there's yeah, it, they're the hero just to be the hero. But in this, there is a legitimate. Yeah, really we're going to change the whole comic book history to make it a female character now. Because we need more females. Mm-hmm. But here they built a female character. Yep. They didn't force it. And I could see uh, someone in her position wanting to prove that she could do something. Because she could. Yeah. She could actually do it. Yep. She was good at what she did. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And and even her brother would say, well, she's a good tracker. You're going to want her with us. Or she yeah. could see the angles of things he couldn't. Right. Well, he finally admitted that at the end. The chemistry between her and her brother was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, Very you could, well written. Yeah, because I have I have a son and a daughter, and I could see that dynamic. Yep. Where 
the older one, who happens to be my daughter, always wants to prove to him that she can do stuff that he can't, but never discourages him completely. We'll make jabs, but never discourages him completely that you can't do it. He'll make she'll make jabs to kind of, I, I say, lift you up by putting you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll she'll take jabs at him like hey blah 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 blah, and but it's it's all an effort to get him to try harder to to overcome it. Yep. You know, so like I ha- I have a, an older sister, same thing for me. Like, although me and my older sister didn't always get along, we fist fighted, we broke each other's noses, threw her through some glass, I threw her through a glass window, uh, but. That's all they're not. <laughs> well, I think some people are just built that way. I mean, one of my biggest things when I got into pro wrestling was all the people telling me I couldn't. Like, right. I didn't have that support. There was, like, maybe a handful of people that said, yeah, you got this. Everybody else, nah, nah, you're, you're too fat. You're too big. You're not big enough. You know, you got back problems. You got this. You ain't going to be able to do it. Now, that fuel, because right. this is something I loved and I was passionate about and I really wanted to do it, you ain't gonna sit there and tell me i can't do it right right and so i i the, the dynamic between them is great but just like you said uh is it tabe tabe, tabe. uh he he was a protective brother at the same time as being an encourager mm-hmm. at the same time as saying know your place mm-hmm. like he, he did all three at one time and i think only a brother could do that you yeah, got, yeah. 100%. You gotta love the scene, right, where he shoots the bird out of the sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is a classic <laughs> brother-sister moment, if there ever was one. Oh, <laughs> so they're like this. And did you notice how they hold their bow? Yeah. Upside down. They, they grab it up. And I'm sure there's a reason for that. It's probably a, a power. Like, when I, I, I shoot archery, so, like, I always pull it like this. And when I see him holding it like this, it was, like, awkward to me. But she's holding it, and he's telling a story. And the whole time, like she's trying to pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. She's trying to be a good sister. She's trying to be, you know, learn something. And then he just takes his bow, like, motherfucker. But then she owns him in the end. He's like, well, now you got to cross the river yeah. to get it. Yeah. I was waiting for the bird to come back. <laughs> Don't get your bow wet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great scene. I mean, oh, I loved it. The dynamic was was great there, uh, and. And the fact that they mentioned don't get your bow wet. Like, he had just told a story about with his dad, he got his bow wet, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you you think right then when he, she says it, don't get your bow wet, that she's talking about the story he just told. Mm-hmm. But it foreshadows something that happens later in the movie, oh, yeah. which yeah. all good writing does. Yep. Yes. Nothing should be placed in the writing that doesn't culminate as part of the story in the end. Yep. And that, that eventually did. In, in when we get to our favorite scenes, I'm going to ask you what your favorite scene. I'm going to ask you what your favorite scene was. That is my favorite scene when her boat gets wet. But we'll get there. So, uh, Nathan, your first impressions of the movie. So, I am very new to the Predator series universe. He's one week old. <laughs> yeah, I had a cousin was huge into it and I went up and I stayed up there where they live and couldn't have a conversation with them without hearing about Predator or Alien. So He has not seen Alien. Oh my god. I know a lot I know some things about it because that's just, of him. That's like un American. So maybe in next a co- thing you're gonna tell me you don't like pizza. Oh no he likes pizza. 
<laughs> I love pizza. We could we could talk about where the best pizza that we've ever had comes from. Where is it, Nathan? Angelo's. Angelo's in, in South Philly. I have, and I would I would drive down there just for pizza. Really? Yes. And I hate Philly. Continue, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you couldn't go. Like you can have a conversation with him without hearing about predator or alien. So going in, I knew a few things about it just because of talking to that one cousin. But I had watched we. We, when we watched them this week, we watched them kind of in order. Kind of. We, well, in the last two weeks, I should say. We watched Predator. We then watched Predators 2. We then watched Prey. Prey. And then, and then we, we watched uh, Predators. Now, there's supposed to be a fourth one? Uh, are you talking about the one where... I think it might be a fan film, but I'm not sure. No, there's the one where he comes and he's actually trying to bring a super suit. So we have something to fight with. There's like a Arnold Schwarzenegger of predators that <laughs> come and start hunting. Because you had the original, you had the one with Danny Glover. Yes. Then there, there was Aliens versus Predator. Yeah, AVP. I don't, I, I, I count him, but I don't count him as yeah. part of the Predator series. Mm-hmm. So you had AV, AVP, you had AVP Requiem, and then you had Predators. Yeah, that has to be the one where, you know, it takes place a lot in a school. Well, no, the Predators is the one where they drop them in on parachutes onto another planet. And they fight against the Predators. I, I, I liked all the movies. Okay, so there's one here called The Predator. That's more recent. That's Okay, I have not seen that one. 2018. So the 2018 one I have not seen. So we'll have to look for that and watch that yet. Yeah, I think, so I think that might be the one where you got you got a predator coming to Earth. And, well, if you didn't see it, I don't, I, I'll, I'll be giving away stuff. And I don't want to spoil it for you. So there's Predators, Predators 2, AVP, this is chronologically, uh, AVP Requiem, Predators in 2010, and The Predator. 2018, which I have not seen. We'll have to watch that together. Then. Yeah, so we'll see that together for the first time. And then there's Prey, which yeah. is a, which is a prequel. And I loved Prey. Like my first impression, like the hunting. Like I thought the concept. Like now, I had been watching Predator movies for a week before we watched Prey, so I don't have the years of experience in enjoying the franchises. You will both do, but I thought just. The concept of an early visit or one of the first visits, maybe, I don't really know. So, the movie is sold as the first visit of the Predators to Earth. But it's not. It's not. It cannot be. Yep. For two reasons, and I'm going to get there in the next next little segment we're doing. But I'm curious to see if your reasoning is the same as my reasoning. I have two reasons. So, go ahead. But I thought the idea of it in general was just cool. After seeing the other ones and seeing Predator with this high-tech technology, like, how are they going to make an interesting movie that just isn't the Predator going on a slaughter fest? More so than usual. But I really enjoyed it. Like, 
early on, you know, the introduction, of course, that's going to be slow. Like, that's what the introduction's for. But after you get past that, there's not really a dull moment. Like, every moment in the movie is working up to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was built very well. So, my first impression is I felt this movie was done excellently. Yes. Uh, as someone who hates reboots and doesn't have a whole lot of love for sequels, I, I love this one. Uh, it had a good hero arc, which you don't see a whole lot. Uh, it wasn't too complicated. The story was very solid. Uh, there was very few holes in the story. There was some, yeah, but there wasn't. I can pick apart any movie. And they made the female hero out. Uh, they made a female hero without it being forced. Yes, absolutely. It, you see too many movies very today believable. where they force it. Very believable. I could see a, a, a young girl in this situation wanting to prove herself to her tribe and her brother specifically. And especially since her brother was so well revered in the, the tribe because he, he became the, the war the war chief. Yeah. So to, to, to be at that level, that means something. Mm-hmm. So his sister, obviously only being a couple years younger than him, is always going to be competing with that. Mm-hmm. I, I see that every day with, with my own children. I saw that with me and my sister. So like it's not uncommon. Uh, they stuck to the premise of the Predators where they won't attack someone who's helpless or not worthy of the fight. Yeah. Uh, which you've seen in, in almost every one of the movies. Now, I don't know about The Predator because I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the rest of the movies, they alluded to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, in the first one... Which led to some nice twists yes. in this movie because you had... It had you second guessing for a minute yes. when you oh, saw yeah. certain things. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, okay, I see. In the first one, it was it was the woman in the jungle. She, they, it, it didn't yeah. kill her because she didn't have a weapon. She was a prisoner. Mm-hmm. In the second one, it was the pregnant police officer where he wouldn't attack her because she was pregnant. Yeah. In uh, the third one, I don't know if there was an example of that. I, I can't quite well, remember, but I there was well that doctor, the, there, yeah, the, 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 the serial killer, doctor. the serial killer guy in the third one, didn't seem like a threat until he was. Yeah. So he kind of skated by because he never held a weapon. He he was a psychological threat more than a physical threat. Yes, because from the whole movie on, you're, you're like, what the fuck is this doctor doing here? Why is he here? Why is there a surgeon here? That doesn't make. Oh, he's a serial killer. Oh. I get it. <laughs> So well, that's one of the parts that I like with the with the Danny Glover one. It's at the end you see all the other predators. They could have all killed, but they they there's like some kind of honor. But th- there was an honor code. He yes. proved himself an honorable fighter. Yeah. Therefore, he could live. Yes. And they gave him the. Gun. Which brings me to another question I have for you later. Uh, so. Uh, when when I had posted on your thing, you had said about you see the Easter egg. Yeah. So I want to ask you, did you see the nods to all the past movies? I've seen... i really only seen two things. Okay. i seen where her, uh, the one guy goes, if it bleeds, it can be killed. Okay. Yes. So that's from the first one. That's Tave says that in this one. And then, like I kind of just already spoke about, when they, uh, when he's given, she's given the gun. Yeah. It's the same gun 
that the Predator gives to Danny Glover. That's an Easter egg. <laughs> it is a nod to the past movies, but that's an Easter egg. There, it's a nod to a future movie. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I think so, too. I, yeah, I, I hope so. And Definitely. I hope they put that one in. The, I, this one should have been in the theaters. Like, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. This one looks like it should have been built for theaters. Yes, I, I've said it. I, I believe I said it in my review, and it's always been my opinion. This seems to be to me, as of right now, the best Predator movie that they put out. You did say that. I disagree. Slightly, only because you wouldn't have this one if you didn't have the original. Yeah. I, I am a. I am a strong proponent of the original if, movies. If it's if it's not better than the first one, it's just, it's as, just good. as good as yeah. the first one. I would say it's on par. I would always raise the original that much higher. Like it's got to be that much better because bias. None, it is bias. Part of it's bias. Part of it's because I was seventeen when the first one came out, and what's well, so you? Yeah, and, and you had all these action heroes that you've seen in other movies, right? But not together, right? Almost like that's the the expendables for that time. But th- there were things about that movie that I freaking love. Billy's death is iconic. Oh, yeah. When he's standing on top of the tree. Right. And he, he takes off his shirt and he cuts his chest. Yep. But did you see there's a nod to that in this movie? There's also a nod to one and one and three in this movie with the mud. She falls in the mud. You think she's like everybody sees the mud, yeah. and they say in the first one he used mud. Yeah, and the I third, thought that was going to lead to that. In the third one he used mud, and I thought, well, okay, she's going to she's going to mask her body temperature with mud again. It makes sense. They did it in the other movies, but she didn't. She used the mud for something else, which was cool. Yeah. The fact that she used herbs to mask the body temperature with some kind of herb that lowered the body temperature. But they teased the mud at the beginning of the movie when she fell in the pit. Yes. They make Which, you think yes. it's going to be for the body yeah. temperature. So, to me, that's a nod to the previous movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, Royce did the same thing in the 2010 Predator. Uh, eventually, he went back to primitive weapons, and, and that's how he killed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger went to primitive weapons. That's how he killed them. This young lady, Naru, primitive weapons, sort of. That's how he killed them. Primitive weapons and superior thinking. I I, yeah. I I did think though that they did uh they did a pretty good job. They just didn't uh bring it back in time, but they downgraded the predator just enough in weaponry too. And I want to talk about that then too because uh, I'm wondering if if that was we'll, we'll do it now because I, I still have like two more things that are, are not to the other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if. I have looked at all the Predator movies now because we just recently watched it. They're all fresh for me, except for the Predators or the Predator or whatever. Um, all of the movies, it seemed that the Predator used the Force commensurate to what was used against him or what they had to use against him. So in the first one, they had machine guns, so he had the laser cannon. Mm-hmm. In the second one, they had guns and machine guns. He used the laser cannon. Uh, in the first one, he had the, the explosive atomic 300-city block, but Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> was 100 feet away and didn't get killed. He had that. But he jumped on a hill. And the, yeah, oh, that he was safe. <laughs> uh, the, the second one, they tried to use it. He cut his arm off and took it and dropped it down. So you don't know what it was capable of. In this one, he had the arm thing. 
and it brought up three drones, which were explosive. So, uh, where was the shoulder cannon? Now, I would say that the weapons in this one were so primitive that it was not fair for him to use a shoulder cannon. So he did on the honor code. He didn't use a shoulder cannon. You got it, bro. You notice, I don't think there even was one. Like, there was he didn't, he didn't have the armor that the no the previous ones but have. I no. think because and that's it, why he had the arrows. Yes, but they still had the technology to fly from planet to planet. Yeah, they still had the technology to bend light. Yeah. All the other technology is the same. I think they Which were. I'm, I'm calling that out right now. That's just cheap. But I, I, I thought the same thing. I was going to say the thing. I actually wrote it down and deleted it. You know why I deleted it? Because I hunt deer. In a tree stand what with camouflage on, with archery. Okay, is that cheating? Yeah, but you're hunting for food. Doesn't matter. <laughs> He's it hunting for trophies. And it doesn't matter warrior. why the hunt is done. It's how it's done. He did it with a technology that he readily had, but he did not use laser cannons. He used arrows yep. as projectiles, and I think. That is a key to this movie to say that he only fights equal force with equal force according to his technology. Like, well, of course, he's going to have technology they don't have. Yeah. Even in um, Predators, where we know they have the can. Yeah. But when the one dude comes out with the sword, yeah. he doesn't use the He doesn't use the can, he uses a sword. So, oh, even. So, the Yakuza guy in the field, yeah. who is also a nod to the. To the uh, Billy death, took his shirt off, cut his chest in the middle of the field. It's a nod to the Billy death. But that's I think that's one of the most iconic deaths never seen on screen because they don't yeah. show Billy's yeah, you death. You just hear him scream. You just hear him scream. And I think in this one they gave a respectful nod to that with uh, Spider Man's underneath us. Wasabi under the tree. How do we say his name? Was pronounced? Huh? Wasabi, the guy with the the rooster tail head. Uh, I think with his death. I, I think they gave a sort of nod to that, where he jumped over the thing. He knew the predator was there. He jumped over the thing and went and stood toe to toe with him. Yeah. And I think that was like a respectful nod to Billy's death and a respectful nod to the Yakuza guy's death in in the third one. I thought the the, the fight choreograph there was beautiful. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. You had and you think about it back then. The the only real job for the males were to be hunters, to be fighters. Yeah, I mean that's what. Uh, they trained to do, and they were in perfect sync with each other. I think and all of these fight scenes were done very well. Very fluid, very natural. Now, I don't know how natural it would be, but it was very fluid, because as a professional wrestler, I know that no fight goes the way a wrestling match would go. Yeah. Like, if I'm throwing punches and you're throwing punches, there's going to be some fucked up looking punches. Yeah. It's going to happen. But on film, this was beautiful. All of these fight scenes were beautiful. Uh, the other nod to the past movies was a nod to Dutch when Dutch said, come on, do it, do it. Nauru said, come on, come on, come on, do it. They were trying to get him to come in their trap. I didn't even catch on to that. Yeah. I, that's like when she did that, I'm like, oh my God, that's Dutch. Yeah. Like, so that, Dutch is Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in the first one. Yeah. There is one sort of like kind of Maybe a nod, but th this is kind of a stretch. But I remember we talked about it when we watched it at the end when they show the three three other ships. 
Not there yet. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. The end when they show three other ships coming. I That's a nod like to the second movie. Where they say they always come in groups of three. So in the second movie, after Danny Glover kills the the Predator, three ships land. And then the captains from three ships come out and confront him. And that's where he gets the pistol. Mm-hmm. The pistol that is seen in this movie. Yep. Now, in the comic books, the pistol has a different origin. Did you know that? No, I, didn't, I never read the comic books. Okay, the comic books. There's comic books. Yes, there are. <laughs> in the comics, the pistol's origin was a uh, pirate captain. And he had a treasure, and the, his crew had stole a treasure from a church. And the captain said, no, that treasure belongs to the church. You give it back. I will not defile a church. And uh, he says, if you keep that treasure, I'm no longer your captain. And they said, okay, you're no longer our captain. They try to kill him. While they're trying to kill him, this predator is there. And in the end, it's just him and the predator at the end. And they both kind of kill each other. And that's where the, that guy was, uh, whatever name was on the pistol, Raphael Antonelli, whatever the hell it is. Uh, but that that's the name that's on the pistol was, was that guy. And that was four years prior to this movie. So now in this movie, the person who had the pistol that was monogram- or, uh, inscripted to was the guy who lost the one leg and she helped the guy who could speak the other language. Yeah. So in this, in this canon, it was him. But in the comic book, it was a pirate captain. So I have some mild issue with that. I, I honestly, I, it doesn't bother me that much. I was not a, a fan of the comic. I don't mm-hmm. have the comic. I'm a comic book junkie, but I don't have that comic, so I'm not, oh, it's got to be that way. <laughs> but it is in the comic, so since it was already put on paper, I'd like for them to follow that. But mm-hmm. I get the poetic license of changing it to meet the movie, because obviously there's going to be a number two. Yeah. If they, uh, don't, make yeah. A, if they don't make a second prey, uh, fuck them. I will oh. be moderately it's it's already upset. If I, if I remember reading right, I believe they're already in talks to making it a TV show. A TV show. Okay. If I read it right. All right. You know, and I, sometimes I do blow by things a little too fast and don't get, you know, the whole thing on it. But uh, I was like, well, that'd be interesting. Because there are, there was a definitely one where they were talking about, it's already been greenlit for another one. Good. You know, whether they're going to go back to the original when it first, they first came here. Because I don't know if you want to get into that. Well, we can get it. Go get into it now. Because in Predator 2, you see the skulls and the trophies that he has in the ship. And one's a T-Rex skull. Like, it's obvious there's a T-Rex skull. Yeah. There's a, 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 a Veloster skull. And then there was, there was other skulls. And then they showed all the human skulls. The first skull they showed when he was, they showed Danny Glover in his trophy room was a T-Rex skull. So you, they can't say this is the first time they've been here. But if you go back to the first line of the movie, the first line of this movie, she said several years ago, something had come. Yeah, and she, she saw the thing, the ship come, well, she, was, and she, she called it a Thunderbird. Right, the Thunderbird is, is a, a, a legendary, uh, Native American thing, um, but the even <sighs> on but, top of the um, when the powers, she, yeah, all, all the, the totem poles. Totem when poles, she's uh, describing 
when she's describing to the rest of the tribesmen about predator, when she's trying to describe the predator, she they, says a name. She says a name of a creature when she's describing uh, it. Like a moon beast or something. Yeah. yeah. So the first line of the movie is, or the first paragraph, let's say, she says something has had come several years ago. And yeah. alluding to it, it's returned now. Now, when I first heard that, I, because there's a lot of, when you get into those movies, there's a lot of, uh, like, uh, story. You know, just, you know, could be gossip, could be what, like, lore, folklore? Folklore. Folklore. And, uh, you know, stories that are brought up. So maybe they're true, maybe they're not. But when the colonials came and they weren't here for hunting buffalo or whatever like that, they were hunting that predator. So in order for them to be hunting that predator, they had to know the predator would come at some point. So there's no way that predator just got there. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't catch that. But I, did, I, I, I get her saying that something had been here before, and then she called the creature something specific. I don't remember what it was. She said, I saw a blah, 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 blah. And, and then she she's she, the first time she described it as a thunderbird, she saw the fire in the sky, which is a thunderbird. And the second time she described it as a certain creature. Yeah, I've seen the sign. Uh, when actually, when she was in the woods with the the other uh, Native Americans, when they were beating the shit out of her, when, when actually she was beating the shit out of them until she got punched in the mouth, uh, she said, "I saw a," and he goes, "Oh, you saw a fairy tale, you saw a child story." Yeah, that's what I was talking. About. Yeah, because I, she, I she, she said the name of something there. I don't remember what it was, but so it alludes to the fact that they've been there. Before, they've been there before in recent history, within like their parents' lifetime, maybe because it's it's something that stories that they tell their children. Tell, tell me when she when she grabbed uh, that guy in that hurricanrana type move. Tell me you didn't think of Black Widow. Oh yeah, that was Black Widow yeah. right there, dude. <laughs> I, I was loving it. But the funny thing is, is she wanted to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. So she was doing some MMA moves there. Yeah, and the way they do it, it just wasn't up and down, too. They spun her, and it was just, that was just so well done. But she oh, did yeah. it to the Predator, too. Got up on her shoulders and was, was yeah flashing him with the hatchet. Yeah. And I love the way she tied that rope to her hatchet to yeah. return it back to her quickly. Now, it, they showed it in a story for a certain reason, so she could get it back quickly. She realized that it was taking too much time to get her hatchet back, or her, to... So she so she could hunt, but then they used it later to get her out of the bog, mm-hmm. which led into her trap for the predator at the end. Yeah. So absolutely excellent yeah. storytelling. Yeah, oh, all yes. the all the ducks were lined up in a row, man. Everything so led into the even, even you didn't see it until until it happened. Yeah. It was like oh oh, I get it. I I when I seen her get trapped there, I figured somehow she's going to use this. As soon as I see it coming up and they focused on it, somehow this is going to be part of her trap. I instantly thought that. I didn't know how she was going to do it. And the way she did it, it was so clever. It was just like, wow. Well, when they, when they first show the mud, they, they allude to masking body temperature with the mud. Yeah. Like, that, that's, what, that's what your mind originally goes. As someone who's seen the other movies, yes. Yeah. And, and then when you see the hatchet, like, you know she's going to use it for something. There's a reason why she's doing yeah. it. Yeah. But, when they show her get out of the mud, it's like, okay, I get it, you know. But 
the whole thing was directing towards the predator getting caught in the same spot that she was at with no way to get out. And and I just I just think that was good storytelling. Very well, good. As far as the sto- uh, story goes, they did something very unique that I haven't really seen a lot of. You know how a lot of movies they'll either speak in a native tongue, and you get close caps. You'll read, or we're just assume they're okay. They're speaking in their native tongue, but we're hearing it in English because it's a made in America. Right. They did a a unique thing of talking in their native language, then going into that. Well, they started off. The first line was in uh, Comanche. If you go on Hulu, you can get a Comanche dub. And you can watch the whole thing in Comanche. Really? Yes. Which I like. I didn't realize till the end, but I thought that was cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, epic. Yeah, usually it's Spanish, English, whatever. Yeah, but there, there was they, they, they have a dub, a Comanche dub of the movie. I haven't met or seen many people online talking bad about, but there are some, you know, and that goes, you know, different things for different people. But that was all, oh, you know, they're speaking perfect English. That's by design. You know, yeah. they're setting it up so you can understand, but right. they're setting it up. Even, I mean, they do it through the whole movie. Or just when they go Ex- the- Except when the French were there. So they're, they're giving you the story from the Comanche point of view. So when the French were talking, you hear French. Like, you hear mumbo-jumbo French. Yeah. I give up, I give up. That's all I hear. Yeah. But, so, as from the Comanche point of view, she didn't hear English. Until the Frenchman spoke Comanche to her and said, I yeah. speak many languages. Yeah. Everything else that those the Frenchman was saying, I didn't understand a fucking word they said because yeah. it's French. Yeah. And I gave up on that language. <laughs> but that see, that's one of the things I was talking about. Like, you can hear her talking and talking in Comanche. And then that's when he says, I speak many languages. Now you know he's speaking in Comanche, even though he's speaking perfect English. Right. That, that's by design. I thought that was a I thought it was thing. brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. Based thought, on whoever's perspective that scene is from, right. you yeah. hear them in English and everyone else. If you were seeing that that, that whole scene from a, a French perspective, you would hear the French in English and Comanche in Comanche. Yeah, and I I, th- I thought I thought that was brilliant. Yes, I, I enjoyed I, it. I liked it. There I was, enjoy it when movies. Anybody who bitches about that, ever. fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. Get out. Actually, don't get out. Keep Martial Law said back. you're fucking wrong. Go back and watch every single one of these episodes, ever. Yeah, ten times. <laughs> yeah, and share it with your friends. But still, yeah, you're share. wrong. <laughs> and check out Prowler's Pit. Um, actually, so with the Easter eggs. So now the first comment I made to you was, uh, "We, we, my son and I watched this good movie." You said, "Did you see the Easter egg?" And I'm like, "Did you mean the Flintlock?" Yes. Yeah, yeah, you got it right off the bat. So the flintlock is an Easter egg, but there were a couple other Easter eggs. Um, how long? Okay, in the credits, the credits, the first part of the credits is basically a storyboard of the movie. They show it in cartoon form, the whole movie from front to back, and then you see the final scene where she becomes the war chief, and then there's one more scene after that shows three ships and lightning coming in from the sky. And they're standing there as she's being awarded war chief, and they turn their heads up. Because there wasn't much movement in the final credits in the cartoon part, except when she was doing something. When she was throwing 
the axe. When she threw it to get out of the thing, you see it come out like cartoon-wise. So now, where do you think that next movie, where do you think those uh, three Predator ships come from? They come right after she becomes War Chief, or is it a couple years after? Is that how they get the pistol back? Or, or, or how they get the pistol in the first place? Because I, that pistol's given away in the future. Yeah, but doesn't... See, that's going to be a, a thing, because I remember... I remember they only come so off... They don't come all the time. Hold on. When Danny Glover killed those... Killed the Predator, three ships came in. Those three captains came up to him. Three captains of the ship came up to him, gave him the pistol. Like, on honor code, like we said before. So now this time, she killed the Predator. Three ships come in. Now do those three captains come down and she offers them the pistol as part of the honor code? Or do they offer her something else? And she I, says, I would think they a, would offer her a trophy. Well, they offer her a trophy. She and, and as a Native American, you give something, you get something. You get something, you give something. That, no, that is true. So they, she gives them the because at some point they get that pistol back yeah, yeah. somehow, and they give it to Danny Glover. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. no matter whether it was a pirate or or the guy who spoke many languages, yeah, it doesn't matter who it came from. At that point, Danny Glover gets it back. Mm-hmm. So. What's your theory on how I, I'm asking you to film theory the the next movie? I just think it it's going to leave it open uh, for something else to occur. I mean, she does such a great job, and I think they want her in the next one. But they have to have it in the next one. They have to, no, unless they go to a different time period. Well, if, if you go by that storyboard, they come right after she becomes war chief. As soon as she becomes war chief, she holds up the thing. Like if if you watch it, yeah. watch the end credits. She holds up the thing, turns, and you see the three ships coming in. Yeah, and it's like immediate. So I think those three ships come down right away. Oh yeah, they have and to. They have to come and get it. I don't know what happens from there. I feel that they honor her with a gift, and because she's native Native American, she honors them with a gift. The gift would be the flintlock, or the chief honors them with a gift with a flintlock. That's how I think they get it. Which would quite possible. Which would, that, that would, which would wrap up all the other movies. Now they could do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Now with the, the, the next Prey 2, they could do whatever they want after that point. After they do that point, they don't have to make any other connections. Now, they can. There's other connections they can make. But th- there really is no need. They could build that story from, from there to, to eternity. Sure. Yeah. Which I, I like. Which is, which is good writing. Forward. There's a huge gap in between then and in um, eighty-seven. Sloan, yeah. yeah. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Also, so I, Sloan. Rocky comes in. Hey yo, hey yo, <laughs> oh, what you, you coming here for? <laughs> you were an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have said this earlier, but I thought of it before the podcast. Is something that I wanted to say, and then when we started talking, I completely forgot. So I'm going to get this out now because it's long after the fact. I should have said it. But I think the fact that they called the movie Prey is very clever. Not just the fact that it's like, oh, it's the next Predator movie, but like, because... You would assume someone that advanced coming to Earth to hunt would make them Prey. Sure, but the Predator in this movie was the Prey. Yes. 
Towards like, the end, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, absolutely. Was, I think that was clever. That, that is clever. Yeah. I actually didn't think of it that way until you just said that. Because she turned the predator into the prey. I think another, you know, you know we're, we can only speculate, but I think another reason for that is to give it something new. Yeah. So pe- there are people ain't there, ah, oh, just another predator. Well, I, I will tell you, if it was just another predator movie, I probably wouldn't go see it in a the theater. I'd wait till it was streaming someplace and I would try to watch it for free because mm-hmm. I am not a fan of sequels. I'm not a fan of reboots. I'm not a fan of sequels. I would have gone to see this in the theater. No, even seeing it twice now, I would go to a theater to watch it right now. So would I. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, I got the Regal Unlimited. I can go see as much movies as I want, as many times as I want. I'm probably going to movies tomorrow. He goes to therapy. Yeah. I take him down. I drive over to Palmyra. I watch a movie for two hours. I sit at Iron Hill Brewery for an hour, and I go pick him up. Oh, so while I'm in the sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> You're kicking back. So, I just want to touch on this. There are some inconsistencies in the movie that, that, that doesn't make it a bad movie. It just makes it a little bit inaccurate. So, in 19... Because, because I, I am a research fanatic. <laughs> in 1719, my research says the Comanches were mid to northern Texas, southern Kansas, and eastern New Mexico. They portrayed this as upper Midwest. So the Comanche weren't there at that time of year, at that time in in history. Well, I thought that there was a Dakota. Well, the Dakota is where they filmed. They were Comanche Indian, and they were they were saying they were they're supposed to be in the Great Northern Plains because there's a bunch of tribes that were up that border. Yeah, but the Comanche weren't. So they they were saying Northern Great Plains for the, the for the the location of of the story. The Comanche weren't there at that time in history. They were more south. They eventually did go up there, but they were more south. Uh, I find all that odd because the producers gave the cast and crew binders full of information so they could make things as historically accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. But so why not just Make it in northern Texas or southern Kansas or eastern New Mexico. Probably because they didn't have the mountains and the, the trees there and they wanted that foliage as part of the movie. I would say, why not change the timeline then? Because nobody cares if it was 1719 or 1801. I care. I care. I mean, one thing I have to definitely give them props on was their cast. Oh, I mean, 100%. One of the things I hate, I hate PC casting. I hate PC casting too. You know, it, they don't have to be, but at least you better look the part. Like, The Rock can play so many different parts. Yeah. I had no problem with him playing Hercules and that, because he can look the part. Play you the mean part. Hercules? Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, that's one of my biggest gripes that DC is, you know, one of the biggest culprits of it. They're too worried about pleasing just a certain individual. Well, Marvel is now, too. Yeah. Well, Marvel did it a, a little bit, but they mainly stayed. Well, they, they changed Captain Marvel from a man to a woman. Well, that they did that a long time ago. I'm just saying. like, Because the, the original, what happened is, in, in 1967, uh, Marvel was able to obtain the trademark for the name Captain Marvel. Because this 
other company, uh, MF Enterprises, was able to pick it up because Fawcett Comics couldn't no longer put out the original Captain Marvel. They agreed to keep it away. And so they put out this character called Captain Marvel where he's yelled split and his arms and legs come out of here. <laughs> so what it did do is Marvel formed by then and said, well, if there's going to be a Captain Marvel, we're going to have it. So they got the, the, uh, the trademark by the end of 1967. And then they, uh, they have to produce something or they're going to lose the trademark. Just like Fawcett did. And that's when they came up with Captain Marvel. They did that for a short time. Then they, uh, they brought in, uh, Monica Rambeau. She was the next Captain Marvel. Then it went to, uh, uh, Danvers. Carol Danvers. And it kind of stayed there. But there was, there's been a whole bunch because they kind of kept trying to make characters up so they wouldn't lose the trademark. Okay. Yeah. I get it. But still PC. Yep. But the so, original Captain Marvel is from Fawcett Comics. And he's not Shazam. That character is a magic based solely. He's just a wizard. That is just a joke made by Jeff Johns. I love Shazam. Do you? I hate that character. Well, there was a 70s TV show. I love sh- Captain. There was a 70s TV show, Shazam. The name of the TV show was Shazam, but the, the hero inside was Captain Marvel. Yeah. Was it? Yep. Yes. I have the whole series. And the whole reason it was called Shazam, the same thing, because in the early 1970s, uh, DC wanted to try to see if they can recapture the love they had for Captain Marvel, because Captain Marvel was out selling Superman and everything. That's why they sued them, really. It wasn't because of anything they did, or he looked too much like Superman. They were beating him. So in the 50s, where comic books started dropping, and they were tired of this constant court battle, they just said, listen, we won't do it no more. Here's like $200,000, leave us alone. So in the 70s, they decided to see if they can recapture it. So they uh, they went to Fawcett Comics. They leased the rights to all the characters. And they got all 12 comics. And it, the name of the title on the comics is what one magic word, Shazam, exclamation point. But in a subtitle, it said the original Captain Marvel. Huh. Marvel sued them and won. Because they had an event, you cannot advertise, you don't have a trademark to advertise with that name. But inside that comic, inside the TV show, and everything up to 2011, he was always playing Captain Marvel. Wow. I I watched the Shazam show. Like, I remember seeing it. I never mm-hmm. I never put that together. I, like, I, I, I tried I, telling you I don't day, remember the whole thing. But I tried telling you one day that, I'm, yeah, I, don't listen that to you. I was pretty sure Captain Marvel was DC at one point. Well, he's DC now. He was Fawcett Comics originally. But Captain Marvel is Marvel now. Well, for that Captain. They have a Captain Marvel, and uh, like I said, they had multiple. So but, they came on. Character. Well, we were watching the uh, original Spider-Man when he goes up on the roof. He's trying to figure out how his, his Weber's work. Tony McGuire's Spider. Yeah, yeah. So, which is I like. I, I don't care what anybody says. Anyway, he go. He's he's doing like go go yeah. gadget, yeah. and then Shazam! he goes Shazam. <laughs> it was a nice nod. Yeah. So anyway, with Prey, what's your favorite scene? I've had this one locked and loaded. Okay. Uh, you go ahead. You go first. For days. I'd like so many. So Nathaniel, what is your favorite scene? My favorite scene is when Predator has her cornered and he has his shield knife. And he goes to get her uh, and it gets caught in the rocks. Yeah. 
and there's a struggle, and she reaches up and grabs one of his mandibles, his mandibles. rips it off, and, and stabs, stabs him with, him with it. it. That, that's good. That was my favorite scene. Yeah, we both we both pop for that one. <laughs> we both pop for it. Although my favorite scene is much different. I, w- I would have to say my favorite scene, because, you know, being a wrestler, and I was like pornography. That scene where she's tied up and she's got to get free and all the guys are fighting the predator and are such, they're in sequence with each other fighting so good. You know, that's, that's probably got to be the biggest part. I would I put that scene on par with the scene with her and her brother in the French camp fighting. I thought, I thought that, but my favorite scene is when, uh, the, with the bear, mm-hmm. she takes a shot at the bear, her bow's wet, which was alluded to earlier. Yeah. And, the bear comes out. The dog runs off, pulls the bear away from her. The dog comes back because the bear turned on him. And then she's hiding in the beaver den. And uh, the predator ends up fighting the bear and killing the bear, holding it above its head. And the blood's coming down over the, the, the predator. And you see the outline of the predator because of the blood on him. And Which was perfect writing. Yes. For, for So now you get to see what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets away, and he has to let her go because she's not a threat. Like, there's no threat there. Mm-hmm. She's not turning on him. She doesn't have a weapon. She, and they show her losing all her weapons yeah. in the process, which I just thought was great writing. It was a great scene. It was good action. And it showed the strength of the Predator. And she realized right then, what the fuck am I dealing with? Yeah. yeah. My, I do have a runner-up for my favorite. When you guys are ready, go ahead. Oh, no, it's just gone. Hold yeah. on. Okay, so it's it's, it's not a runner up; it's a runner away. <laughs> yeah, it's a runner away. That's for sure. I think besides that, like like we you know alluded to it earlier, like that scene with him, with the her and her brother shooting the bird and stuff, and it's just like the chemistry between yeah. them. Was, I mean, it's not high impact or anything like that. And, and that follows felt through. like there was a lot of meaning. That follows through from that scene all the way until the the final scene where, where Tabe gets killed. Yeah. Like, and and he he basically sacrificed himself for his sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, there's nothing I can do. I could feel him behind me. He's about to stab me. You need to do what you got to do. Yeah. And and the fact that w- what he told him to tell the what he told her to tell the lion, that's what she said. It's the last thing she says to the predator mm-hmm. about, um, remember what was you go no further. Yeah. You go no yeah. further. This is as far as you go. You go no further. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. and and she, I, I do like too that the fact that, uh, that he made sure that she knew that she did, pretty much killed that lion. Yeah. That he just basically finished him off. Yeah. He basically said, if it weren't for you, it, I, I did it your way. That's how I killed it. Yeah. I did it your way. So you, you came up with your second favorite? Yeah, I remembered it. I liked the scene when they were tied up in the camp. And she's telling the story about the flood and the beaver who gets caught in the driftwood and it chews off its own leg to escape. Oh, oh yeah, that was scene. good. That, that was is great. a good scene. I'm smarter than a beaver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, scoot yeah. down. Scoot down. You remember when they had that flood yeah. and, and, and the beaver chose out because it knew it would die if 
Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm smarter than Bieber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was good. That was good. And the fact that they were they were hung out there to dry, uh, and they knew they were bait, but she also knew that they were in no danger. Yeah, because they were not a threat to the predator. Yeah, which goes back to what I said at the beginning. They held true to that standard. Yeah, which they they showed in Predator Two. Uh, they they alluded to in 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 uh, uh, the third one because the doctor was never a threat mm-hmm. until he was a threat, and then uh, in, in the first one it was the girl the the prisoner who wasn't a threat because she was a prisoner. Yeah. So like I, I love that they they held true to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I do like that they put that in there where she got trapped and that's how she learns it. Because they don't mm-hmm. just say, "Oh, you know, hindsight." Wait, well, we already did movies like this, and we this right. is already well established. Right. We don't have to put it. But no, technically, this is because it's a prequel. Yeah. This is the, yeah. Well, so yeah, they showed it in Predator too because uh, Predator scanned her and saw that she was pregnant. Saw yeah. that that there was an infant in her belly. She didn't know she was pregnant until the the, the paramedics told her, or nobody else knew she was pregnant until the paramedics told told them. Oh, there's a fetal heartbeat. You know, uh, this 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 woman's pregnant. Oh, that's why she didn't, she didn't get killed. Yeah. You know, and, and in this one, you had to explain it at some point. And I thought they did a good job of explaining it. I feel there was great writing from beginning to end here. Absolutely. I think the acting was, was good from beginning to end. And, um, I think the directing and the cinematography was great. Um, I know the other podcast that does, uh, movies. They're big on the score. Like one of the guys is really big on the score. I didn't pay much attention to the music, honestly. Uh, I really, in movies, I don't much pay attention to the music unless it distracts from the scene. So if it's a negative thing, then I say, "Oh, that music was fucked up." Yeah. Other I mean, than that, I really don't. But, unless it's something like a Rocky, where the music is just enhancing the scene. Right, but even in, when I originally watched Rocky, I didn't pay attention to the fucking music. That done that I paid more attention to him running through the streets, saying hi to everybody, waving everybody, going up them steps and feeling victorious. I didn't I didn't think of the music. Now the oh, music I, the music actually did. enhances that scene, but as the first time watching it, that's not what I felt or looked for. You see, I'm big on the music as as a well, yeah, as school. a musician. Yeah, as a musician. I'm big on the music and a music can add so much, or it can take so much. Okay, away. so what did the music do for this movie? Or were you too focused? Were you too focused on the the, the beautiful cinematography? Because I was all I, mixed. I, I absolutely was. Per amazing music in a movie, you won't notice. Okay, then it must have been amazing because I did not notice. I couldn't tell you. I didn't notice it either. I couldn't tell you one. This is note this of is one, one score. Of those movies where. The, the music is kind of subtle. Yes, it's and it, ambient, and it just very ambient. The whole thing. Yes, you know, because you're already paying attention, so it's you're then you're so absorbed by the action that's going on and the story that's being told that that music that's so subtle that just became part of it and you don't even realize. And I'm gonna go back on what I just said about good, like good movie music. You won't notice. There are exceptions to that. Star I'm Wars. In, Star Wars. Like, like you think Star Wars? You think, you think of the music, music. Yeah. because it's so bold and so profound. But 
couldn't tell you one note of what happened in this movie. Rocky, I could, uh, but I but when I was sitting down watching it the first time, I couldn't. But I don't care who you are. Everybody knows the Imperial Death March. Everybody knows the opening to that movie, the music, because it's so profound. It's so yes. in your face. And that's what you're meant to focus on at that moment, I think. Yes. And some music, even for scenes like the Imperial March, Vader's walking, that music's meant to stick out because so does the character. Yeah. So music is very integral to cinematography. And I think it is. It worked very well with this movie. I just don't know that I paid any attention to the music. Like I was, I was stunned by the cinematography, by the the, the cinematography. Yeah, I just the think scenery it's one of those and where it just blends too well into the scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you don't, you don't got the like all these words coming up. You know, rising up back on the street. Yeah. You know, so you're not. Now we get a copyright strike because that was beautiful. <laughs> We're done. We're done. He's saying three words. <clears throat> we actually got a copyright strike on this show for showing a portion of a 1960s movie. It was like 30 seconds of a 1960s movie. And it was a movie that wasn't even a popular movie. It was like John brought it up. I'm like, what the hell is that movie? So we looked it up. And I, I played a 30-second clip of it, audio only, and we got a copyright strike. Wow. Now, I know, like, I've seen people talk about it before, like, when they do, like, movie reviews. And they'll have, uh, like, they, first of all, they make sure their picture is in, in the video itself. And they talk as that's happening. Well, according to and that's supposed the to law, prevent it as long that. as you're creating new content, yeah, specific new content and it's you're not monetizing the movie itself it's not a copyright violation so i'm creating original content uh basically commenting on that movie and we only we only put the sound on we didn't put the video on and we got a copyright strike so i say fuck you youtube Fuck you. I can go into <laughs> some stuff about that because I had to study that a little bit in school. That's for another podcast. Yeah, that's for another podcast. <laughs> so for now, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Um, overall, I don't want to say rating of the movie, but thumbs up, thumbs down. Definitely. I, I, I definitely give it um, a thumbs up. A thumb and a half for me. Only because you can only put a thumb and a half up. Yeah. Uh I like if it's Cisco and Ebert, I'm giving this one two thumbs. I love this movie. Yeah. I thought it was done well. I thought it fit well into the franchise. I I think that uh while they changed some stuff from canon with the, the comic book, I think what they did was good and I think they're gonna build on it for another movie. They better. Yeah. Which would be great. I don't know if it's series worthy. I don't know if it's a TV series. I don't know I, how I think you're going to pull a TV series to get, get series old. Yeah, well, you know how a lot of that stuff is rumors. Some of it's, you know, it's a great idea, but sometimes it doesn't happen. I think maybe two or three movies. Yeah. two Another movie with her as a character go maybe 50 years, 60, 70 years in the future. 
True. And she could be an elder and it could be another youngster. I don't know. But uh, uh, I'd love to see another movie based on this one. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see it in a theater. Is oh, where yeah. I'd love to see it. Oh, absolutely. I think this one was, was very deserving of being in the theaters and it, it was streaming on Hulu. Uh, not there's anything wrong with that. I just no. I would love to see this on That's the big awesome. screen. But the the sad truth though is it's probably because they're trying to bring in a newer audience and newer audiences, people, millennials and people my age just don't go to the movies anymore. Zoomers, it's, I love the movies. It's all about the streaming service. The but like I movie in a theater, you don't just go to the theater just to watch a movie. No, you to popcorn too. Well, you go to the theater to experience <laughs> the movie. I've always been a big fan of like 3D. You know, it's I hated 3D. Oh my god, I hated it. Really? Oh, I, I love it. it. But, you know, a lot of the times it's hard to find a movie where they do it properly. Like I want stuff that come, looks like it's coming out and almost hit. You know, otherwise it's just it looks like you're looking through a big window and you're seeing it live. Ooh. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of 3D. I never. Uh, I even have a 3D TV at home. I, I saw Jaws 3 in 3D. Jaws 3? Did you see they're coming out with Jaws? Redoing the original. I don't like that. I'm am, I am not I'm a fan. Re-showing it. Um, if, they, if they re-show the original movie, I will absolutely go to the theater to see it. If they remake the original, yeah, it's not a remake. Okay, it, it, it's showing all the same. It's the same movie. They are going to put it in it, digitally um, enhanced. They're, yeah, they're going to put it in a three D format for people like me. Obviously, not you. Yeah, but I'll go if it's the original movie. I'll go see it. Like I, I go with. like originals. I don't like reboots. I hate that they reboot Spider Man sixteen times. I hate that they reboot Batman sixteen times. You know what I? enjoyed the Michael Keaton Batmans when they came out and now I look back at them and I'm like ah, that was kind of corny but it was supposed to be it was a Tim yeah. Burton film it, yeah. I mean it was great in that era yeah. you gotta remember how you felt then right you gotta that's why I said you gotta look at films for what they are when they were made like absolutely the, the, the newest Batman I enjoyed but it was a reboot like I'm not a fan of reboots I watch it because it was free it was a free boot for me. Yeah. Uh, the ones before that, yes, I enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed the Dark Knight series. Mm-hmm. But am I a fan? Uh, I would rather go back to the originals, honestly. Uh, did I like Val Kilmer as Batman? Yeah. I know people hated him as Batman. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. But it was a reboot. Like Val it's George Clooney's and I hate George Clooney. Patterson's Batman that everybody hates. I hate George Clooney. I mean this this movie I can I can probably spend a whole thing. Oh, not George Clooney. Who's the new one? Huh? Patterson. No, 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 no. The one before Patterson yeah. would be Ben Affleck. I hate Ben Affleck. Really? I dislike Ben Affleck with a passion, <laughs> almost as much as I hate Nick Cage. Now, do you hate the now, man or the character? I hate. I hate anything he's been in. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think Nick Cage is a good actor, but I will tell you that I've liked most Nick Cage movies. I, I think he's a horrible actor, but I've liked the movies he's been in. I think, despite him, they were good. See, when I when I look at uh, now Ben uh, 
Batfleck. Batfleck. I don't like him. I just don't. I don't think he's a good Batman. Interpretation to Batman we've ever had. No. Oh my god. Get out of my house. (laughs) He is the close height size. He is the closest interpretation we've ever. Not a fan. I I dislike Ben Affleck. Even as much as I love Keaton, like he is the Batman in my eyes. But he's like five foot ten or something, five foot nine. Keaton, you know when you got Ben Affleck, that's six two, six three. And who is the one in between? I liked him. Dark uh, Knight. He sure too, and I did like him. That's uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, I love Christian Bale as Batman. I, I love the Batman. Dark Knight series because there was a Dark Knight series of the comic books that I enjoyed. Yeah, the Frank Miller. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I just I don't like Ben Affleck, dude. You know what killed it for me? Well, we don't all have to like the same stuff. Um, when he did uh, Daredevil, killed it. Yeah, that's another horrible one. movie. I, I don't think it was all that bad. I mean, it's not. It wasn't great. <sighs> horrible movie. Now the um, Netflix series was fucking awesome. Charlie Cox. They did him properly. Yeah, and they're bringing him back. Because Daredevil always got his ass kicked. Same way Spider-Man did. Spider-Man always got his ass kicked. He was always beat up, bloody, and bruised at the end of every fight. But he triumphed anyway. Which is the same way you would think a blind person would be in. But you know, like, you know, always how they, when they talk about Superman, they're like, well, he could have destroyed him, but he's always holding back. Well, it's been a long-known thing through the comics. Spider-Man does the exact same thing. He's constantly conscious of holding back because he knows how strong he is. Yeah. He's not Superman strong or Captain no. Marvel strong, but he's extremely strong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, he'll punch right through somebody. <laughs> I, I'm i a huge Spider-Man fan. Anyway. I enjoy Spider-Man. We digress. <laughs> so, we, we just took on the movie Prey and what would officially be our first movie review. I want you to go and check out uh, Prowler's, Pit. Prowler's Pit on Facebook, Charlie Charles Leg Charles Leg on, on YouTube. YouTube. Um, I'm going to link them below. So we took on Prey. Now you go take on the world, one prey at a time. Peace out. This show is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find the other great shows on the network. Head over to the Deluxe Edition Network.com. Hold on to that. Welcome back to the Shit Show 2.0. Okay, Boomer. Damn, Millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who, who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is going to go downhill real quick.